Hello and welcome back to Unedited, the podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lauren, and this is episode 21. I'm here with a guest that I'm so excited to be speaking to twice in a week. Um, we just met each other in real life after, I think, eight years of being Instagram friends, and I'm so excited to have her here with you. So without further ado, I'm going to let Ella Sang introduce herself to you now. Yay! Hello, hello, everyone. Hey, Kelsey. Super excited to be here. And my name is Ella. I'm a truth embodiment coach. And yeah, I, I always find it hard to introduce myself in like 30 seconds, but I'll do my best. A true multidimensional soul. I am a true a truth embodiment coach, a kundalini activator, and it really is my soul's purpose and passion to be on this planet at this time to serve the collective rising awakening helping people come back home to themselves heal within love themselves love their lives and really lead this true and beautiful human experience so yeah i'm super excited to be here today and to see what unfolds in our conversation i love that so much oh what a beautiful introduction to yourself and the work that you do as well i think a lot of the times when I know I'm the same way, I find it really difficult to capture exactly what I do in 30 to 60 seconds. And one of the reasons being is because, like you said, it's so multidimensional. There's so yeah. many like facets of the human and spiritual experience that get woven into my work. So I I would love to just have you kind of touch on some of the elements that you love to like weave in that are really real and alive for you in your work right now. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, there's so many different things. Like, it's actually pretty cool to like go back a little bit. Like now it's been exactly, yeah, almost exactly four years ago. I remember very distinctly, it was November 11th, 2018, when I had this download of what my work is supposed to look like. Back then, I was just about 22 years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this big soul purpose. What, what is it going to look like? And it came through for me on 11-11-2018 that I'm meant to do work with NLP kundalini and energetics and it all sounded cool i was like i can kind of see the connections but like i didn't really understand all of it um so it's been really cool to see how from that day in 2018 the seed was planted and now at the core of my work it's an integration of working with the subconscious mind using nlp working with the body connecting with the soul through kundalini work kundalini yoga kundalini energy um and then there's also the energetic alchemy aspect which i love so much because this is all about our emotions. This is all about going deep into feeling, going deep into what really makes us human. Um, and along my journey, there are just so many different facets to how this work unfolds. I love the fact that it differs from person to person, experience to experience. Um, and yeah, it's just been really beautiful, I think, to see how when we have a certain mission or even this idea of like, I'm meant to work with the mind, the body, kundalini energy, emotions, you know, it's never very, it's never a linear path. And my own life has very much just gifted me the opportunity to experience this work in a multifaceted way. Um, so yeah, right now, the elements that are the most alive is really the kundalini, because kundalini energy at its core is our true nature. This is our divine essence. Once this energy is awakened, and it's existing and dormant within each of us, it 
is just the most magical process of helping us shed the layers that are not true, the layers that are not us. And really, that's the subconscious reprogramming aspect, right? We shed the false layers, the false coding, and we get to become who we really are. And we get to live what I call this transcendental human experience, while remembering that we are infinite and finite at the same time. So that has been very alive in my work. It has been very much present and alive in my life in the past couple of years. Like I said, since November 11, 2018, up until now, it's been like, like what happened? But everything has just been so divinely timed to lead me to do, to do this work. Mm, I love that. That's so brilliant. I feel very similarly to you as well in, in kind of the way that there's just so many systems and tools that we're able to yeah. weave together. And I think everyone that's doing work like this is so needed because we're all bringing such individuated, bespoke pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. that are designed to uniquely support the people that are meant to be in our spheres. And I know it can be really like hard to get or to stay focused amidst the distraction of like so many different things. But I think one of the things that I really appreciate especially having watched your journey. And I want to get into that a little bit later because I feel like we've both come from very similar backgrounds yeah. with like marketing and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I just feel like watching you really come into proficiency and mastery and you've just been so devoted to right. Kundalini and to just yogic practice. I remember when I first met you, that was like such a highlight in your Instagram and in your business and your brand. And just seeing how much you've refined the way that you work with it um, is so beautiful. And I think that's really important that when you find something that really like speaks to your soul and you yeah. find something that really resonates, you can show up to that devotional process of really working with it and becoming intimate with all of the beautiful ways that it can touch and transform your life, but also the lives of other people, right? Because you're, you're bringing yeah. this to a sphere of other human beings to come in and have a sample of that. So yes, thank you yes. so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been, yeah, like I said, we've known each other. I think like we followed each other on our personal or our more personal yeah. accounts like in 2016. And it's just been really cool to watch you transform into the woman you are. I think um, in 2016, you were still working in a like a pretty big marketing firm yes. for makeup brands, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would love to just have you speak on maybe some of the like highlights or the keystones of your journey from then till now and like what really created the Ella Ooh. that we're speaking to right uh, now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So back in 2016, that was when I first graduated university um, you know, it's really funny because I remember back then, like, that was the thing. It was like, okay, like, all throughout my life, it was like, great, it's going to get my straight A's in elementary to get into like a good high school. And then in high school, it's like, I got to hustle, got to get the good grades, GPA for university. And then you get to university, it's like, it's like okay, I got to hustle, got to get the good job. And in 2016, I felt like I landed it. You know, mm -hmm. I got my dream job. I was just about 20. 20 years old coming out I was like yes got L'Oreal got my dream job gonna be a digital marketing specialist on Maybelline love the makeup everything and little did I know that was just like the very beginning of my initiation into the rest of my life so when I first started at that job it was a very beautiful experience literally everything that you know 18 19 year old me had manifested and dreamt of but 
it was the first time being in the work environment, a very competitive, stressful, intense work environment that reflected back, I think, all the internal issues that I was already harboring inside of myself for the years leading up to it. Um, and that kind of an environment where so much is expected of you, you're young, you want to prove yourself climbing the ladder and like showing how smart you are is basically what everyone is trying to do. Um, it got me into a very dark place. Mm -hmm. I had never experienced that degree of anxiety. I've always been a very anxious person throughout my life, you know, always trying to make sure that I'm safe, get the grades, you know, like all, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't realize at that point, or even until like four years after that, how much trauma I had in my body. So when it came to having very high expectations placed on me, you know, being thrown into a role that I wasn't honestly like well cut out for at that point in my life, it was very intense. Um, starting right off in like the first couple of weeks of my job, I made some pretty big like mistakes. Um, back then I was super hard on myself. Long story short is like I was helping set up this like email thing and it was supposed to go to like I don't know 10 contest winners it ended up being an email of like congratulations you won being sent to 20,000 people in an email database so you can imagine the customer backlash that happened from that and like the fear inside of me and then you know forgetting to remove a model's image from a website which led to like 10,000 no 100,000 usd and fines for the company wow. it was like big thing and yeah. you know back then i was doing my best i was like working until 9 p.m every single day i'm like i, I just want to do a good job and it seemed like the more i pushed the more anxious i became and the more challenges came up and that all kind of laddered up to the point in which my body gave in um i had um chest pain one day this really bad chest pain while i was eating i'll never forget a shrimp salad at home it was like a sunday evening i was like oh my gosh i don't want to go to work tomorrow but i was eating my salad had this massive chest pain and of course anxious me googled like why do i have chest pain and i convinced myself that i was having a heart attack <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> the WebMD <laughs> rabbit hole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that spiraled into me like having like a full on panic attack. My whole body went numb and I had to go to the hospital right away because I was going to pass out. I was convinced I was going to die. And I remember being in that hospital, you know, they did all the checks on me. They're like, you're healthy, you're fine. Like we can't find the cause of this. And hearing this very clear download as I was lying on the hospital bed, like, you know, heart was still racing, like feeling so much just like tension, like that ultimate buildup point, this voice came in that I will never forget. It said, you've got to change your life or else you're not going to make it. And we need you to make it. I, I get chills every single time I think about that because back then, yeah. like I wasn't, I was into, I was getting into like self-development, but it was very much like goal getting, like achieve your dreams kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that was the first time where I think spirit came through. I had something higher than me dropping that wisdom in and yeah from that point you know after going home like it just something awakened and clicked inside of me that's like I've got to change my life so I started Amazon priming Gabby Bernstein books like all kinds of spiritual books and for the first time I remember just feeling this sense of peace and coming home within myself and I was still just in the very early stages of my journey so this was about 2017 when this happened it was like a year into my job um, and since then, honestly, the path is just, I'm sure you have experiences too, Kelsey, like the path unfolds itself for you. It just, you know, sometimes, itself. yeah, exactly. And it's hard. <laughs> like, even when I look back, I'm just like, wow, like back then it seemed like random things, but nothing is ever random. One of the books that I read that really 
you know, activated me and got me to start to remember who I am. And what I'm here to do is light as the new black by Rebecca Campbell. Yeah. And she spoke about listening to your soul. She spoke about like shining your light and um, all that stuff where I remember reading that book and going like, I just devoured this entire book. I don't know what it is. I can't even tell you what when what my main takeaways are, but I feel different. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the beginning. And following that in 2018, I started a side hustle. I somehow found the coaching industry online, started a personal brand. Back then I was like doing a bunch of stuff. I was in fitness, making smoothie bowls, yeah. like artistic <laughs> things. And then I moved into branding and coaching and helping people with um, their online presence, because that's kind of like my technical background. Um, and that evolved basically throughout 2018. It was like, wait a minute, I'm actually really passionate about mindset, changing people's minds. Um, and then I started doing like spiritual coaching because that was getting really present in my life in 2019. I quit my job, no idea what I was doing. I was doing a bunch of stuff, (laughs) the badass lightworker community, spiritual badass, like talking about law of attraction, manifestation. I did a bunch of stuff, honestly. It's really funny to even think about. Um, and yeah, that has just basically laddered up, you know, year after year experienced. Um, I've been practicing Kundalini yoga again, that found me in 2018 in the midst of all of this, but in 2020, um, when the pandemic hit was really when my kundalini awakening like woo, it like really skyrocketed in terms of the speed of it and what was happening and yeah like the past couple of years has just been deep healing you know really yeah. going from knowing things here to going into the body descending trauma healing allowing shakti energy to rise in my body surrendering to the process and that's kind of led me to now and the work that I do and it's cool because when I look back to what I was talking about in 2016 2017 2018 it's always been the same stuff mm-hmm. like it's really cool you you read back to the posts the things that I was writing about kundalini yoga from the very beginning I still talk about the same things but it's just like a yeah. different depth it's a different understanding it's embodied it's I live this versus I know this in my head so yeah yes. that's kind of like a little quick stroll down memory lane on my journey. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. I love what you said too. Like you can, once you're like kind of at the point that you're at where you've really kind of anchored the tools, you've anchored the practices, you've anchored your experiences a lot more and you look back and you recognize where the through lines are in your work and who you are as a person. I just had like a very similar experience in the last month where I had just a very unsettling life experience happen. And um, it really like kind of made me question how I was doing what I was doing. And so I went back into like the archives in like 2018 of when I was writing my initial business plan for mm. my work as it is now. And it was just really fascinating to still see like the same language, the same like heart that underpins everything that I'm doing and just witness how much maturity has taken place and development around concepts and language and confidence and stuff like that. But it's all really been similarly orbiting just this desire to be such a deep support system for people on mission, for people who are here for big work here to leave legacies not just to exist but to be alive and I feel like all of those unique experiences that you and I have had where whether it's in like corporate or marketing or within our own spiritual practices 
even though in the moment we're like, okay, what does this have to do with my larger mission? This makes no sense. I don't understand mm-hmm. why this initiation. When you're on the other side of it, it all starts to make sense and you start to be like, oh, okay, like I understand now how this piece connects now with this and creates connective tissue between yeah. this tool or this experience so that I can really come into a much more holistic, embodied expression or emanation of my work and my gifts. And you can only develop those things through like experience, like you said, like, yeah. Yeah, some things can only come through via initiation. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's just really cool to witness how your soul has always known from day one, but your human is just mm-hmm. trying to learn and understand and catch up this entire journey. So it's beautiful to see how like as we heal and understand ourselves better, the mission has always been the same, but how it is expressed is just yeah. different. It just evolves and it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, it's such a beautiful beautiful ride that we're here on in this lifetime. (laughs) Yes, I love it. One of the things that I'm always curious about um, that I weave into a lot of my work, especially around like mission development and like finding the clues and the breadcrumbs around Mm -hmm. exactly what your blueprint is here for is exploring like some of the things that you naturally gravitated towards as a child. And I know for me, like, I think I started my first business or hustle. I was, like, hustling the neighborhood kids during the summertime to, like, throw this carnival. And I would organize it and I would do the payouts and I would, like, manage everyone. I was, like, six or seven years old. So, like, entrepreneurship has just been this, like, thing (laughs) inside of me that's just been developed over time more and more and more. Um, that came really naturally. Same thing with like art, expression, singing. I was such a like expressive child. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything that you can kind of connect back to from like little Ella that you're now seeing a more matured version of. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah, 100%. I'm totally the same. Same with you. I remember as a kid just being obsessed with the concept of a lemonade stand. Like that was the coolest thing to me. It was a lemonade stand and a snow cone stand. Um, But unfortunately, I was not allowed to do either. Um, One of my first entrepreneurial uh, ventures was actually when my family would have barbecue parties with family friends and I would set up my own convenience store. Um, oh people God, weren't allowed this. to pay me for my for my drinks, but I would have like my, my toy cash register there and I would like pretend that they're giving me money and then I would give them their Coca-Cola type of thing. Um, so yeah, it was always inside of me to love the idea of setting up a business. Like for me, it was the fact that there is an exchange happening. It's like, mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's happy. And when I was about, I think 10 or 11, my first business that I actually made some money with is actually selling mini donuts that I made with Cheerios. So I had this book called Tiny Treats. And I remember I I loved baking. That was like the biggest thing. And I would buy these mini Cheerios, um, melt some chocolate, get some powdered sugar, roll it in it, put some sprinkles on. So you can imagine that these Cheerios can end up looking like tiny little donuts. This is so cute. (laughs) Yeah. So I was always obsessed with branding and aesthetics and presentations. So I'd go to the dollar store, buy these pretty boiled bags and like put all the little Cheerios in there like tie it up and I would bring it to school to sell and I remember the first time like I brought it to school people were like throwing their money at me during recess they're like here's a five dollar bill here's a toonie like I want one I want one 
And I brought back home in the Ziploc bag, like all this cash. And I showed my mom, I was like, mom, mom, look, like, this is so exciting. I made money, like, from selling these mini donuts. And I would never forget, like, I got yelled at. My mom told me, like, it's, you can't do that. You can't take other people's money. Like, you need to go back to school and give these kids their money back. You can only give it to them for free. So you can imagine entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. from the get-go, but the trauma that was instilled at a young age of, like, this is not okay. You're not supposed to take other people's money. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something that I honestly didn't even heal until the last year of my life. I didn't even realize how big that wound was for me. But yeah, I've always loved the idea of like creating beautiful things and then selling it. And like, for me, it wasn't even about the money. It was just like the excitement of like, you created something from nothing Mm -hmm. out of your creativity, out of like, I can take Cheerios and make this with it. You create something new, you innovate, and it brings people joy. Like people love that. Like that has always been the same. Um, And I've always loved writing. I wrote books ever since I was about Mm -hmm. six, seven um yeah it was so funny I used to not be able to finish reading a book because I would read a couple of chapters and get so excited I'm like I have to go write my own now that's what I did as a kid was yeah (laughs) I wrote books I would also do a lot of crafting collages Um, I taught myself photoshop since sixth grade so I've been making designs on the computer since sixth grade Um, so yeah the creative spirit the entrepreneurial spirit has been with me from the get-go and it's really cool because today like in my business, it's a smaller part, but still like it's a part of my multidimensional expression is that I channel artwork pieces for other entrepreneurs. Um, And it's so beautiful, because that's literally what I've been doing since I was a kid, the -hmm. writing aspect, you know, got channeled into the way that I share my content. And I'm sure down the road, I definitely want to write a book, an actual book. So it's cool. Yeah, some things never really do change again they just evolve (laughs) yeah I love that so much yeah I remember even I think it was like the sixth grade or something maybe it was even younger I think it might have been the fourth grade before I transferred schools but we had this thing in our city with the local schools called junior achievement I don't know if that happened where you were but basically they it was like a childhood entrepreneurship incubator where they would like teach you how to start a business, like how to bring a concept into manifestation. And the one that I did was like a greeting card business Mm -hmm. where I would just get to like hand draw these beautiful cards and then write like a really thoughtful, beautiful piece of writing in the card as well. And I I like when I think about it, I'm like, of course I went into marketing. Of course I was somebody who would help like create experiences and draw in like aesthetics and emotion and meaning. And yeah, it was just all of these like little tiny clues. And I always knew, I don't know if you were like this way as well, but I always knew even when I was going through university or getting my first jobs, within my jobs, I was always very enterprising. Like I would always try mm-hmm. to like take initiative and like see where I could create new work for myself that I was yep. more interested in. And yep. <laughs> it took me maybe like six months of being like employed in a big girl job with a salary that I was just like, oh my God. I am so unemployable. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't like this. I want, I don't want to ask for permission to go on a trip. I don't want to have to ask for permission to eat lunch. Like, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I knew, like, almost immediately upon entering the workforce, that I was meant to do things the hard way and carve my own path. And 
it's been one of the most maturing experiences I've ever had choosing to be an entrepreneur, choosing to like start mm-hmm. a business because it truly does ask the best of you in every facet of your life. Like you yeah. have to look at every facet of your shit, of your history, of yes. yourself in order to be able to have the capacity to hold the adventure that is the ups and downs of a business. Yeah. So I, w- I would love to just have your take on kind of what the entrepreneurial journey has been like for you as well. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, like I, I always say like, this is not a path for everyone. Like Mm-mm. it's it's not an easy one, but in my opinion, for me, it's been the most fulfilling thing that I've chosen for myself because yeah, like exactly like what you said, in order to have that capacity to receive that, which you desire, not just in your business, but your life, the kind of life that you want to build through entrepreneurship. It's like, you've got to look at every single thing that we've been kind of programmed to run away from. We've been Mm -hmm. programmed to here, like use this to numb out here, use this to distract yourself here, just like go to your job nine to five, and then check out with Netflix and do this and do that. And just forget about everything. Like you can't do that. When you have your own business, like you have to look at everything. And for me, it's been exactly like what you said, a lot of ups and downs. But honestly, the greatest initiation to my personal healing, Mm -hmm. the way that I see business and branding, I always say is that your or like our journey of building a true and beautiful brand is simultaneous to our journey of coming home to ourselves. Because I I believe in businesses, especially in this nature of like healing and self-development, where the business is an extension of who we are. And we want to build a a beautiful business. It's not about just thinking about the strategy. What do I do? What's the plan? Like, yes, those are important elements, but it's about knowing who you are. And the business comes as an effortless expression of that. So for me, it's been, gosh, like... (sighs) I don't even know where to begin, like so much healing on all fronts. Um, uh, Like a really big one, honestly, I I was just speaking to a friend about this yesterday, was healing the the struggle survival patterns. And it's still a work in progress for me, but I've made tremendous progress over the past three years of my life. I didn't realize how much I had internalized about you have to work hard. Life has got to be a struggle. Mm -hmm. And when you know, it it was funny, because when that was happening in my corporate job, I could see it. And consciously, I was like, I'm not here for that. So I want to go do my own thing. But because of how internalized that was, I just started to unconsciously perpetuate everything that I was like, against. So working myself to the ground, um, being super harsh and critical on myself, really like the, the toxic Uh, wounded masculine energy that was a really big thing that I had to heal because yeah like I would get you know decent results ever since I started my business but I was like why am I feeling so miserable right so that was so much of like healing of understanding it's not about a destination it's not about how much money you make in a month like this is about something so much greater Um, other aspects that I've had to heal too was just honestly my relationship with myself Mm-hmm. right? As it pertained to showing up and being seen, that was something that used to terrify me so much. Like I, my soul knew from the get go that I love to speak. Like I was on a stage doing poetry contests since I was two years old. Like I love being seen. I love expressing, but there was so much fear around what if I'm nervous? What if I say something wrong? What if I get judged? And at the end of the day, I was the biggest judger of myself. So mm-hmm. that was a big part of healing. Um, You know, and, and the typical, like the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of not being successful enough, the fear of 
honestly, then even like the fear of success, like what happens after that? What if I can't keep it up? What if I disappoint people? Like there were so many different elements to look at. And of course, my relationship with money, as I just shared around that story with the mini donuts, it seems Mm. like, oh, it's like a small, cute little thing. It's not a big deal. But gosh, did that traumatize me and my relationship with money and just like everything that has been unconsciously passed through my lineage around money. I actually just recently found out it's really cool, Kelsey. I didn't know that on my mom's side, my grandma and my great grandma were both very like successful and smart entrepreneurs for their times. Wow. Like they made a lot of money just like selling things in the street. They were very innovative. Um, but the thing was that they prioritized making the money over family. Mm-hmm. And so with my mom, that was very clear where she's like, money is bad. Money is what makes you give up your family. Money is what makes you treat your family shitty. And it's kind of like I finally understand what where my desires come from, but also where the trauma and the fear around money comes from. So it's been really huge in the past two years of like diving deeper into healing that. And even in psychedelic healing ceremonies, when I went into this aspect, seeing the lineage, seeing my grandma, mm-hmm. seeing what happened when my mom was young. I'm like, this shit is like profound. <laughs> like this is yeah. this is no joke. This isn't just <laughs> like money affirmations. Like this is healing generations and understanding also how what has happened in the past has added up to who I am and like my desires. So yeah, it's been, yeah, definitely the most fulfilling thing. Not easy. Um, this has really been a journey, I think, of teaching me how to keep my heart open like oh. open my heart up again and then keep my heart open because yeah. the temptations <laughs> to close because of fear, because of pain, because of hurt, judgment, rejection. failure, rejection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like life, God, spirit, universe is good at that. It's like, all right, you want to have this mission? Here are all the things that you need to go through to learn how to keep this open because without this open, you cannot lead what yeah. you're meant to lead. Well, your so heart is like huge. your center of magnetism, right? It's like yeah. when your heart is closed, how are you going to call people in, experiences in, yeah. love in, creativity in, money in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that's definitely one of the like – one of the biggest lessons for me in entrepreneurship has just been like how much more can I open to life rather than close up and put on an armor when things get really hard. And I love that what you were saying earlier as well about just like coming to a little bit more of a harmonious place between the masculine and the feminine. And like, I know when I was on your podcast, I was in a very big season of working with the feminine and learning Mm -hmm. how to soften and surrender and create spaciousness and receive. And that was coming off of the back similarly as you of coming out of a marketing agency environment that was like, if you're not working the longest hours, if you're not brown nosing the most, you're not getting the best accounts, you're not getting the benefit of advancement in that environment. And yeah, it was just, it was really difficult moving out of that and knowing that I wanted to create something different. Like you said, to like innovate, there was a vision on my heart to do things in a way that was more conducive to my spirit. Mm-hmm. And still having to come into this harmonious relationship between the one within me that can create the container and the capacity and the structure to make that vision real. 
and then softening enough to be available to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that beautiful, yeah, the, the beautiful sacred union within that divine marriage, like mm-hmm. it's the most it's the most transformational thing. And I, I always wonder why we were never taught to understand that because yeah. that's like the core, the key to not just a self-loving relationship, but really to every relationship you have in your life. Like whether it's like people relationship, relationship to money, to business, to your dreams or goals, like to everything, mm-hmm. like understanding these two energetics and not just saying like, oh, I'm one energetic or the other, but it's like, how do I oscillate between the two? How do I flow between the two? When I'm in my feminine, you know, how is there still that union with my masculine in that moment? Because the masculine is holding that container, the safety, the love for my feminine to flow. And when I'm in my masculine and doing the doing, it's like the feminine is still there with her creativity, with the love, with the acceptance, right? It's like, Mm-hmm. this is everything this changed my life understanding how these two energetics work yeah well and I mean without without both integrated I personally found it really difficult to locate myself in the experience of my expression and my vision because yeah. on the one hand like my the feminine side in, in me is very creative and very um like expansive and just wants to experience so much of the world and so much beauty. And also I required the part of me that could come online and, and put that together in a way that would make sense for who I was and my energy and, um, the life that I wanted to actually create the container that I wanted to build to experience that in. And that's like one of the big foundations of my work is, is taking people through the process of like mapping out the legacy that you want to build, especially through yeah. the container of entrepreneurship. You can do it in any way. If you have a family, if you're in corporate, it doesn't matter. But I think it's especially unique in entrepreneurship because you're literally building a new blueprint yeah. for yourself and, being able to do that in a way that for me was centered around integrity and centered around freedom, like liberation in all facets of my person, Mm -hmm. my spirit, financially, with my time um, was so important. And then, like I said earlier, just having that container for beautiful experiences, beauty, for artfulness, for soul to be a part of my life more and more more so than was accessible in corporate anyways for me. Um, It required both of those aspects of myself. Like neither one of them can carry you over the finish line. It's that we're designed to be in union within and then of course with God, with the divine um, as a vessel, right? For that divine energy and divine energy as whole. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. So I know one of the things that we just recently talked about in one of our past phone calls was the effect that our decision to be on the paths that we are have had on our families. And this was something Mm -hmm. that I really wanted to take into the space because I feel like both of us, especially in the last like year or two, have just watched in real time the fruit of our labor <laughs> over the last yes. four or five years. Um, and I know both of us have respectively just been on such inward journeys, right? On such profound paths of healing, of dismantling 
paradigms yeah. and programs that were just so dysfunctional and discordant and didn't do any benefits to our to our spirits, to our lineage. And I know for me, when I was living with my parents, I was a really big source of trigger for the entire mm. household because I was going very intentionally. I was it was very like intensive. The 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 time, the season that I was in while I was there um, was just so devoted to healing, to addressing all of the things that were standing in the way of me being more whole, more available to my right. mission, to my work. And a lot of that had to do with like familial wounding and things that got passed down and <laughs> things that nobody mm -hmm. wants to look at until they have to. And so um, now that I'm kind of on the other side of it and I'm not living with my parents anymore, um, and I've, there's kind of been that space where they've been able to kind of watch me and witness how my work has shown itself through my life. They've kind of taken an interest a little bit more. And I think there was a little bit of a seed of inspiration. Um, and now they're kind of doing very similar things. They're on very similar healing journeys. They're addressing a lot of their own wounds. They've got new jobs and career paths. My mom is getting into coaching, which I'm so proud of. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I just, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing her just do what I know she was designed to do. She's such a nurturer and she's so sweet and kind and wise. Um, but yeah, it just, it's really beautiful to see when you go first, what gets to happen in your lineage. So I want to just yeah. open the floor to you to share. I know there's been some really big, big changes on your side. So yeah, thank you for all of that. Yeah, it's so beautiful to see the impact of this work, not just for ourselves and, you know, the people we help, but really for our family mm -hmm. and not just even our immediate family, but again, the generations before us, even those who may have passed, it's like it's felt like this is rippling across the timelines. Um, yeah, for me, it's been really funny because I think especially since like my awakening around 2017, 2018, I've always felt this rush inside of me to, I got to heal. I got to figure this out. I, I got to, you know, let, I got to shed this. I need to understand. And there's been this massive rush that I couldn't understand up until like, what has it been? Four months ago? Is it just four months ago? Yeah. Like four or five Beginning months ago. Summer, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Like the second, third week of May. Um, it was just the timing is impeccable. I was in Tulum in May doing a Kundalini bodywork training to take my skills to the next level in terms of working with people's energetic bodies, helping them heal from trauma. 20 minutes after I graduated from that training, I got a phone call from my mom and she's like, hey, we need to talk. I'm like, well, I'm still at this thing. Can I call you later? She's like, it's kind of serious. And I was like, what's up? And she said, dad has cancer. I'm like, what? Like it just literally came out of nowhere. I was just like celebrating from completing this training and it just hit me out of nowhere but it was really wild I'll never forget like I, I remember hearing that news of course it's sad it's like shocking and at the same time there was this sense of calm inside of me mm -hmm. that was like this is what you've been preparing for I'm like yeah. what it was like super wild um but yeah like since getting that news in June I went back home to my parents' house and Similar to what you said, you know, went to live with my parents and that has not always gone well in the past. <laughs> no. I moved out when I was 17, moved across the country because, yeah, my soul just knew. I remember waking up one day when I was 17. I was like, you need to get out of here. Like it was 
firm. Like my human was terrified. I've never left home for a long period yeah. of time, but it was like, you need to leave. And I, I just didn't know why I was like, you need to leave. Um, so yeah, I've never really lived with my parents again for a long period of time since I was 17. But anyways, I went back home in June this year. And yeah, the second day, um, well, by the time I went back, my dad had done the surgery and we were hoping that the surgery would clear everything. But we had um, a meeting with the oncologist the second day after I arrived. And essentially, the oncologist just said that, you know, you might actually be at stage four cancer. Um, there's some shadow that we see in your liver because my dad was diagnosed with colon cancer and he had the surgery done for that. But they're like, it might have metastasized to the liver. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. You know, and with with Western medicine, I mean, this could be a whole other spiel I go on, but <laughs> it, it just felt like we were like dumped this very heavy, uncertain and scary news without any support whatsoever. Yeah. And it was basically like, yeah, you understand this is serious, right? Like your tumor was big. This is bad. You might have stage four cancer. And also there's nothing we can do until you get set up for your MRI and your chemo. So bye see you in six weeks I'm like Mm -hmm. what (laughs) like and it was just like what the f um but anyways I remember my dad like just seeing his face and just like sitting with him in that room and it was the first time I saw my dad like about to cry or maybe he didn't even like tear up he was just like I just want to live you know and I get emotional just like thinking about that moment because in that moment like when nobody could give us any kind of certainty. And my dad was just so desperate of like, I just want to know that there is hope. I looked at him and I said, you're going to be okay. You know, like I have so much I want to show you. I want to teach you. Like you're going to be fine. I was like, these people operate on linearity and predictability, but this is not where we're playing in. We're playing in the world of potential of miracles and healing. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time, like I connected with my dad at that level. And for the weeks after, you know, we just like binge watch like Joe Dispenza videos together. <laughs> I taught him meditation, um, showed him Kundalini yoga. He still does Kundalini yoga every single day. And, you know, I would have never guessed that for the past two years, I've been on this journey of like trying again for my mind to figure out how do I really own this Kundalini activator aspect of my purpose and my mission? Because this came through since my Kundalini awakening 2020. That was like, this is what you're meant to do. Like I, I've heard it. I felt it. But I'm like, how? Right. And it was in that moment of just pure surrender again of like, I don't like my mind is like, but how do I do it? I want to help my dad. How do I do it? It's like, just stop asking how he's lying there right in front of me. Can you just be with the trust and just allow yourself to be a vessel to be worked through? And my dad's actually the first person whose Kundalini I was able to awaken in this energy session space it was so wild the first time i saw him moving and he was in like this total bliss state and he came out of that he told me he's like like i I went somewhere else like i met with the creator like i remember and he said all these things and i'm just like what is my life right now (laughs) like this was just three months ago you know yeah Um, so yeah this summer has been really beautiful of just spending a lot of time with my family um showing him everything that i know teaching him about changing his relationship with his emotions, his mind, his body connection. And it's really cool. My dad's like all about the heart now. He's like, yeah, having an open heart is so important. He does his Kundalini Kriya to open the heart center every morning. And it was really funny when we were just saying how like in Chinese, like in Mandarin and in Cantonese, we speak Cantonese at home. Happiness, the two characters for it literally translates. If you were to look at them like separately, it's open 
heart. And together, uh-huh. when you say that in Chinese, it means happiness. So we're just like, we, we were, you know, talking about the heart and we're like, wow, like this is mind blowing. Like this is in like the Chinese language for thousands and thousands of years that people knew this to experience yeah. happiness. You have to have an open heart. Um, so yeah, it's been so cool just the past summer, you know, sharing all of this work with my family. Um, I would give sessions to my mom at night as well. And my mom meditates now. She just oh like goodness. redecorated her own room. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to have like a meditation corner. So you have to tell me which meditation proof to buy. I'm like, what is my life? <laughs> and yeah, it's been cool. Like even, um, you know, you know, my dad had straight up told me, he's like, honestly, my mom too, they're like, you know, we, we feel really bad now, but like, to be honest, dad and I were wondering what the F you were doing with your life for a very long time. We didn't understand when you left corporate, yeah. we thought it was a dumb decision to make, but we cannot be more grateful for you mm-hmm. choosing the path that is true for you because you have helped us more than you can even imagine. Yeah. And my dad is just like, he's so passionate about this work now. He's like, oh my gosh, like you have to share my story. Or like we got to do like retreats together. Like, you know, you supported my healing so much. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, this is so, what? like, I just, isn't it surreal? It's so surreal. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what is my life? And even now, like this week, I was just like, hey dad, like, you're not going to book in your online Kundalini activation session. He's like, yeah, like I'm free on the weekend. I'm like, what is this? Like pinch, pinch, like, is this? I feel like your inner child is probably like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they and trust yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. the, the funniest thing is like when I needed that validation so desperately in my life, when everything I was like, mm-hmm. I was doing in the first two years of my business was like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm yeah. good. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm so cool. Like, no, none of that. But the moment where I was just like, I let go of that need and I truly just went in, I I was like, this is for me. Mm-hmm. And I trust that however it's meant to impact those around me, it will work. It's like, that's when it happened. And when it yeah. happened too, it was like, yeah, for sure. My inner child was like thrilled to finally have the validation that she's been desiring for so long. The coolest thing was like when it happened, it wasn't like it filled some void that I had. It was just mm-hmm. what I always call like a cherry on top. Because yeah. I already felt so whole in myself and my work. And it wasn't like, a, yes, I could finally prove myself. But it was like, just deep gratitude that what has really been true and helpful for me is able to ripple that back into my family and specifically for my parents. Um, so yeah, now my like my cousin comes to my Kundalini activation sessions. Like, she's just like, this is fucking magic. She's like, what is what? And she's <laughs> never been into spirituality. She's never had an energy session. And she was just moving in the most beautiful, spontaneous, like Shakti openings the other day. And I'm just like, again, what is my life? But yeah. it's so powerful. Like, it's really cool how everything adds up. And I think since that happening, I'm like, I just kind of felt this calmness, like not, you know, there's still so much desire for growth. And to get better but there's something that has felt like I don't have to rush as much anymore like it's mm-hmm. good to just allow the rest of the path to, de- to deepen and that's been a cool part out of all of this is like I've supported my family in their healing but also at the same time again that experience has healed me even more and it's like this continuous feedback mm-hmm. loop that we've got going yeah yeah I just remember like throughout the summer watching the stories (laughs) about your parents. And honestly, it would make me really emotional watching it, especially just knowing the context. Like I remember when we first connected, you were just, especially when you were starting your business, it was like, oh, 
none of my family approves of this. Like you felt really like scared to like go and take the risk to do the like the wrong thing I say in quotations. And like, I mean, my, my parents have always dabbled in entrepreneurship. I feel like entrepreneurship has just been passed down generation to generation in my family. And so that there was a little bit more comfort there, but still that like, kind of standard of like, yeah, but you still go to school, you still do the thing to get the good right. job and you want the good income and all of these things. And there was just a little bit more of a a closure to instability. I think that's like yes. the root of it is like entrepreneurship yep. is unstable or like the intangible work that you and I do is a little bit unstable until you can yeah. feel it and like have a felt sense of embodiment with it. And yeah, just I just remember watching throughout the summer this beautiful like new expression of your relationship with your family. And it just like it reminded me so much of the path that my family and I have been on. And just yeah, it's it's there's nothing more beautiful to me than witnessing somebody have the courage to go first, to do the hard things, to look at the wounds, the pain, the triumphs and tribulations of their lineage and responsibility for it and then come to a point of peace like I remember when I was starting to do the work I was very like you said like it was pushy I just wanted approval I wanted validation I wanted them to recognize that what I was doing was important and the more I pushed the more they pushed back yeah. And it was like the more I tried to prove that what I was doing was important, the less important it looked to them. And it yeah. was as soon as as soon as I just kind of like let it go and chose to just be at peace with my own decisions and chose to just continue calibrating to my version of integrity with this work and with my life, that's when liberation started to ripple through my lineage and I started right. to watch my parents say different things and think different things and choose different things. And like like we said, it's like a very surreal experience to just like, yeah. it's almost like you're like looking up and down the line at like all of yeah. the changes that are happening in real time across all of these timelines, across all of these generations. And to know that you had anything to do with it is just it's so humbling and so beautiful. So <laughs> I'm getting like full body, just like waves of chills as you say that, like goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, this is just, yeah. I think like to what I said before, it's it's such an intangible work to be doing in the world, especially those of us that are here to come into a deeper understanding and intimacy with energetics, with the subtle, with the intangible, the illogical. And like you said, to work (laughs) in the realms of potentiality and miracles and healing, it's not linear. It doesn't make sense all the time. It can be very uh, unsettling to play in energetics and not fully have a, a physicalized sense of what's happening. And it does take a, a really high level of discipline and practice to like be able to develop relationship with frequency and develop relationship with energy to the point where not only can you work with it in a productive way for yourself, but you can then start to 
be an alchemist for generations and for the collective and allow, like you said, allow yourself to be a vessel for God to work miracles through your life and through your life's work. That is just, yeah, there's, there's very few things that feel as profound to me as that. And, And like you said, not everybody is commissioned for that work and there is no hierarchy, but no. To just recognize the beauty and the the courage that goes into that is really beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's the most wonderful thing to be doing this work. And I think continuously working that muscle of trust mm-hmm. and blowing your own – I always say it's not blowing your mind. It's like, yes, it is your mind, but blowing your heart open. <laughs> yeah. Like blowing your heart of like what is actually possible. And I think to what you said there that – foundation that we need like this is at the core of my body of work is what I call sourcing like sourcing sacred safety within yourself Mm -hmm. self-source sacred safety like that is the most important thing because for so long in in previous generations and in the past and what we've been taught you know out of our parents' best intent what you're saying about that instability that was always very Mm -hmm. terrifying but it wasn't necessarily the instability that was terrifying it was the lack of connection to self and the lack of knowing of who you would be in the face of something challenging in the face of instability. It was always power was circumstantial. Power Mm -hmm. was what was happening outside. I have money. I have food. I'm good. I don't have money for this period. There's not, there's no food. I'm not going to be okay. So it's like this reawakening of self-source safety and self-source resourcefulness Mm -hmm. in the face of no matter what. Like that is what I really stand for. That's what this journey has taught me. You know, it's really funny because I now in hindsight, like I've seen, like I've been very privileged and grateful my entire life to really have everything I needed to live a good life. But my, my nervous system, my mind couldn't understand that because it was still running survival patterns that was passed down. And it really took me to really having like nothing to my name, barely anything to my name. Like zero dollars in the bank account and going like, what the f do I sell? Nothing in my house coming today? in, and you're like, yeah. I have no idea how I'm gonna make rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's literally <laughs> me last year though. Like I was just like, huh? like I, you know, like when I had like you know five figures in savings, that never felt safe, and it took me to like going to the ends of that to be like finally separating the money and my safety because I yeah. realized it's me. I'm the source of that. So even when there's no money. It's not like, oh, like there's nothing I can do, but it's who am I going to be in that moment? And I think the more that we can reclaim that, the more like, and this is what I stand for in my work so deeply. This is the core essence of the Kundalini work. The the healing work is to help people remember who they are. And in very specific terms, it's remember what you're capable of. Remember your power. Remember your resourcefulness, regardless of circumstances, because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to allow more people to play in the realms of energetics. Because ultimately the whole idea of like, oh, well, like, if I can't see it, it's not there. It's all just meant to protect us. Protect us from what? From pain. And it's like, why do we really need protecting from pain? We've all experienced a tremendous amount of pain in our lives, for sure, Mm -hmm. each of us in our different ways. And we're still here, are we not? Yeah. So what are we really trying to protect ourselves from? You know, it's like, just shining so much awareness to that and rewiring. I always think of it as like a giant tangled ball of necklaces. Mm-hmm. of like our, our patterns or programming their thoughts or beliefs it's like you've got to just like little bit by little bit untangle it to be like we're good like the safety is always going to be in here and yeah. when we understand that and we know that then 
the possibilities are limitless in a matter of time. Like they will all unfold if we can also develop that patience of not needing everything to happen right now to prove to us that it is going to be okay. Yes. Oh, beautifully said. I I feel like I'm very similar in the fact that – and I, I wholeheartedly, I don't think this is the case for everybody that they need to like necessarily – go to the extreme or go to the nth degree, but I've always said that I've learned best with a two by four, not a metaphor. I'm slowly (laughs) starting to get better at picking up on the metaphors. Um, But like you, like, and and we've had this conversation about your dad too. Like it, it, sometimes it takes being confronted with your mortality or losing everything that you perceive to be important or um, like relationships or money or your house or just having that instability to have you recognize how little everything else matters yeah when you still have your yourself your health your well-being your connection yeah. to god and with those things like you said anything is possible if you can lean in if you can open if you can trust yeah. if you can continue showing up knowing who and whose you are, you get to have access to your divine inheritance. And yeah, yeah like you said, like sometimes it just it, – it took going to the fringes and and really having to face and confront the fears that were surrounding like, well, what happens if I run out of money? What happens if I yeah. don't have a house? What happens if I'm chronically ill for five years like I have been and haven't been able to like mm-hmm. move or do anything? And – just starting to recognize like how you get to walk yourself back into wholeness from those untruths because that is not a true reflection of your state, your being, or your reality in God. So, yeah. Yeah, And I think what happens in those moments too, like the way that I see it and I love to explain it is that, you know, we speak a lot about these days, especially like rewiring your nervous system, changing your nervous system Mm -hmm. patterns. The nervous system doesn't learn by information. It learns through experience. So what happens (laughs) when we bring ourselves into these situations, or a lot of the times life brings us into these situations, I really see it as a gift. Because if we can consciously live through that moment, like instead of just going like, oh, why is this so painful? Why is this happening to me? But it's like, you're consciously living through it of like, everything I thought I needed to have has now been taken away from me or like this worst case scenario that I've been trying to Mm -hmm. avoid my entire life has finally happened. If you can consciously live through that moment and be like, this is not pleasant for sure, but I'm okay. And I can still find joy and gratitude in this moment. If you can do that, something profound shifts in your nervous system because it learns through experience. So you create embodied evidence for yourself in your body evidence that this did not kill me. Mm-hmm. Right, it's kind of like I always this say, so like so much, yeah, <laughs> just like expanding the window of tolerance, exactly. And like I said, like not everybody needs to go to the nth degree and like blow themselves out and shock themselves into that space. Right, and that's kind of what I'm working on now. Is like, okay, I've had those really big experiences with like creating chaotic instability in my nervous system and I've experienced the like high stress and all of the ramifications that come through that and I don't like learning that way anymore like that's not something that feels really nourishing it's not always going to be avoidable however how do I get to now choose how to expose and condition my nervous system and build incremental resiliency 
by doing things that scare me or that create that instability yeah. in like micro doses. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the little stretches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That is – yeah. And I feel like especially as an entrepreneur, that's something that is going to be so important to creating really sustainable, like regenerative expansion in your business and – I know this is something that has just like – it goes in waves through the community of these like obsessions with big dollar amounts or big audiences or big – all of these things. And what people fail to recognize is if you've never held a $10,000 month and you think that you're going to be fine going from zero to 10000 and not have your nervous system be like, what is happening it's not just the dollar amount that's yeah. the thing. It's like, okay, in order to receive that, how are you also showing up to that level of energy? How many people are you holding in that level of energy? What's your capacity to meet life and to meet your business and to meet yeah. your work and to meet creation? And it's it's all of that like stuff in the middle that feels really fun to bypass if you can that's going to create such a strong foundation in your life or I'm just using a business example but this is across the board like it's it does such a disservice to try to skip over the building blocks part because right. the stronger a foundation the deeper the roots you have the more expansive your your branches can grow out yeah exactly yeah the capacity piece is so important because yeah and again this is that continuous healing of getting out of that proving energy and like building from a place of desire because the proving is like I need to jump from zero to 10k because that's what everybody else is doing and I want to fit in I want to show that I'm also smart and successful and all these things but when we're building for sustainability and we're building you know this beautiful life and business and desire across time we see the foundations are so important right Mm -hmm. and it's exactly what you said it's like chunking down as we call it in NLP like okay 10k month cool but what does that actually mean specifically? It's mm-hmm. like, what are the programs you're offering? What are the services, the products that you're selling? The number of people that you may you know, need to be able to hold. And like, what mm-hmm. specifically does that mean? Handling disappointment, handling rejection, handling people yeah. not being happy, handling like unforeseen circumstances. Are you able to hold that? And it's like, I, I always, I remember in the past, like when I looked at things like that and it felt very overwhelming, it was like, no, I can't hold that. Immediately, I would make myself wrong for it. But it's seeing that this capacity expansion journey is an ongoing process. It's not like you're either capacity expanded or you're not. You have a certain level right now. There's a certain level you desire to be in. And every single day that you're willing to move in devotion to that, you're getting better. You're getting stronger. You're holding more, right? And it's like learning how to be grateful for every single thing along the way. Like it was very humbling for me in the past year and a half. Exactly what you said. I used to be chasing the big numbers and the big numbers of people and money and when it didn't happen on my timeline I'm like there's something wrong I'm not doing this right I'm a failure but it was super humbling and also such a magical experience to start looking at every single person every single dollar as enough mm-hmm. it's like I will dance and like celebrate when someone signs up for my $22 activation experience I, when I was yeah. doing that in Vancouver my mom's like why are you so excited? It's just $22. I'm like, you don't get it though. Everything adds up. One yeah. person signs up. One person says like, this is amazing. I'm like, yes, like that's one life. 
right? So instead of like chasing all these big numbers and like waiting for that point in time to then give yourself the permission to be happy, can we see this as a, a continuous journey of capacity expansion, of happiness expansion? And every single step of the way that you're at, you celebrate that, you honor that. Because mm -hmm. if you don't celebrate and honor what you have right now, you're not going to be happy no matter what you get to. Because at yeah. the end of the day, and, and I've, I've been there, I've hit the milestones that I've wanted. And it's like, it happens. You're like, oh my gosh. And then you're like, okay, what I'm now? The same person. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same person. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Like the numbers on a screen change, but like, then what? If you yeah. don't have that foundation of gratitude, of joy, of like all these things, then it's just going to be this empty void, this feeling of like, I, I got to keep on pushing then until I get the next thing. And then I'll be like happy for a little bit. And then it's like the next thing. Um so yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. This is such a key to one of the one another component of the work that I do around like mentoring people who have a big mission, especially those who who are here for leaving a legacy, for weaving something really beautiful into the collective. Having a legacy requires you to have the capacity to hold a big vision. Yeah. But you can't hold a big vision until you have the capacity to hold a small vision and incrementally expand what you're available for right. and what your nervous system can meet and how open your heart is and how grounded and at peace you are with what you have. And because in order to get to that really big vision, in order to be able to hold something that feels larger than you, you need to be doing it from a place that's very anchored and at peace and that has cleaned up doing to get programs and thirsty, right. desperate paradigms and, and patterns within yourself. And the only way that you do that is through building that foundation and starting to create, like you said, that incremental capacity to meet the disappointment that comes with holding a big vision and having a big responsibility on your shoulders yeah. through your mission, through being able to meet rejection and conflict and high levels of joy and success as well. Like I think there's a lot of polarity in these experiences and it's not just about expanding the window of tolerance upwards. It's expanding the window of tolerance in both directions so mm -hmm. that you can hold more of the full spectrum of your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is so true. I love that. I love that visual. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've been really like excited about asking people in the spirit of legacy and vision is what is your like big vision right now? What do you feel like you are weaving into the world and crafting or what do you yeah. see as like what does your life get to leave behind? Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, for me. So it's cool, actually. So as as you've known my brand for a while, you know, I started as like PSMLA and it was just like blogging and like me and all these little things. And over the past two years, like what has really come through since my Kundalini awakening in 2020 um, is the brand name of Truth Alchemy. And it's what I've been building for the past two years. It's actually really cool. Um, side note about this. I just had this like, oh my gosh, aha moment the other day. I remember a month after my Kundalini awakening experience, I'd woken up at 8am one morning and it was like, you have to make a logo. I was like, what? Like it's 8am. So I made this logo of like uh, an upward triangle and a downward triangle. And it has like the transcend air sign, like my tattoo here. And that became my logo for Truth Alchemy and PSMLA. And I just realized the other day that the upwards triangle represents the masculine, the divine masculine. The downwards triangle represents the divine feminine. 
and I have the serpent going through. So I, it was just like mind blowing to even be like the moment that this brand name was seated into me, the logo and everything, everything has just made sense from day one. I just didn't see it back then. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me now, like to keep on building Truth Alchemy, my vision is to build um, a multi-million dollar, million live impacting global brand where it's about healing your relationship with yourself, coming into that whole divine union within you with the divine masculine, with the divine feminine. And the biggest thing is that I want the healing process and journey to feel magical, wondrous, and fun. Because I think a lot of the times that one thing that deters people from even wanting to go on the healing path is like, oh, well, like, it's got to be hard. It's got to be painful. And like, That's not to like say this journey. the work. <laughs> Doing the work. Exactly. Yeah. So the whole premise of like truth alchemy and the way that I've been gradually, you know, changing my business is this concept of wonderland. The wonderland is a place where magic happens. Like, you know, you can think about Alice in Wonderland or like just even like the wonderland aspect of going to Disneyland, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's magical. It's unknown. It's like this breathtaking experience, but it's not always pleasant. And Mm -hmm. yet the unpleasant experiences do not have to be coded with the meaning that this is bad, this is hard, this is painful, right? So how can we meet with this healing process with so much love, so much joy, so much gratitude? Like that's really what I want to stand for is creating a magical healing space where adults can feel like kids again Mm -hmm. in this healing experience, right? Can you allow your inner child to come out and not approach this as like you said, doing the work, I got to like study hard and like learn these things and like journal out all my deepest, darkest fears. Like, yeah, like there's going to be reflection part of it. But my brand is really about experiential. It's about feeling it's about less here, like the mind is a tool, but the gateway is the body and the heart. So it's really leading more in person experiences, online experiences, where the mind actually gets to take a break. Mm-hmm. Right, using Kundalini energy, using um, what I call setting the conditions of healing. Yeah. There's not a lot of work that you need to do right off the bat. It's just about the allowing. And it's like, can you allow the process to unfold for you and be devoted to it rather than you thinking that your human has to initiate all you're doing for healing and to make it a very hard process? So that's really the legacy that, that I want to leave behind is this beautiful mission this global mission and movement of helping people activate truth within themselves, help them remember the alchemist that lives within, meaning that no matter what happens in your life, you don't have to fear it. Because when you remember your role as the truth alchemist, you remember your ability to turn base metal into gold. No matter what happens, you can change your relationship to it, which means you change your experience of it. And along this journey, it's that it gets to be this wonderland energy. It gets to be fun. It gets to be magical. Not to say that it's high vibes only, but Mm -hmm. I truly believe and I have experienced this in my own life that feeling sadness, feeling pain, you know, unraveling what has been in the past and like allowing it to be purged out and release and shed. It can feel like a heavy process, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It gets to be a beautiful process. Like that's what I really witnessed on my journey is that in the moments where I'm like knees to the ground and surrender, crying, like my heart broken, like cracked to pieces. Like how could I even move after this moment? It was painful, but still now in hindsight, it's the most beautiful thing. So I really Mm -hmm. want to make the healing process just such a beautiful, memorable part of someone's life where it's not just some difficult thing that they had to go through, but this is really something that they can look back on. And this is where their body of work, their medicine, their stories, their their medicine for the collective gets to be birthed from. So yeah, that's my vision oh, at that the moment incredible. of my work. <laughs> 
I honestly was like feeling warm and fuzzies as you were sharing yeah. that. And just yeah, like I I also just feel so deeply connected to just the beauty and the liberation yeah. that is available through a healing process. And like you said, like it it gets to still be joyful. It doesn't have to be this yeah. laborious, torturous, suffer fest that yes. I think I think especially in our overculture, anything that has to do with work, any kind of work, inner work, self-work, our day jobs, um, it's always associated with something that's struggling or yeah. like painful or undesirable. And the way that you kind of painted it was just this like brilliant invitation into like why wouldn't you want to be so whole and experience the like beauty of you and your wholeness and that is so fun because you get to meet all of the parts of yourself that make you who you are and I think that's just so beautiful and brilliant so thank you so much for sharing that (laughs) thank you yeah there's actually um there are different archetypes that have emerged through this vision and some of them are like the artist, for example, the artist is really big. The artist is the the archetype within us that can find the beauty, the sensorial beauty in everything, like even through mm-hmm. pain, even through the challenges, the alchemist, you know, the lover, the, the one who moves with the open heart. And so it's so wonderful because, yeah, like this is this gets to be a journey of coming home to all these different parts of ourselves. And like you said, the healing is not about a result. Mm-hmm. This is what I always say to my clients too, when they're just like, okay, like I, I just need to become this version of myself. I need to heal. I need to become my higher self. I'm like, but that's not the point. The point is, can you learn to love and accept yourself as who you are right now, even if nothing were to change about you while desiring to become better because you're always going to be better and better. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a wonderful journey to be on and just constantly reminding ourselves like the the magic is here now, not in the destination, not after you put in like the tough work that oh now I get to be this person and then my work's over it's like it's always going to be continuous but it doesn't have to be work right it's just this continuous evolution that our soul signed up for by being here yeah oh I love what you just said too it just like spurned an inspiration but the what gets to happen when you can recognize and metabolize that you already are your higher self (laughs) like There is no timeline reality dimension in which you're disconnected from that. The only disconnection happens when you're not available and in your body and in your heart and open to it. But yeah, like I like the through the quantum field, we we have access to all realities, all dimensions, all versions of ourselves, all pieces of ourselves that are connected to the divine. And I know this is a very like high level concept, but as we go through our healing processes and as we go through the process of coming into more wholeness, there just becomes such a peace Mm -hmm. within the body when you recognize that like none of that is unavailable to you. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that peace in the body. It's hard to put into words, but like once you You have to feel it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You can't like explain that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and like that's exactly what you were talking about earlier is like 
there's there comes a moment where like all of these concepts go from something that you know to something that you like you feel you live it's like it goes from knowledge to embodied wisdom and yes you don't get that from just thinking about it like you cannot mentally masturbate your way to wholeness you have to like initiate yourself through the experiences that create the connection between the intellect the emotions the body the spirit the etheric all of it yeah and even actually last night like what came to me was like it's called a body of work for a reason Mm -hmm. right like to build a body of work your body has got to be involved (laughs) to involve your body you've got to go in your body which means you've got to feel it's like that's the equation (laughs) it's not but think about it it's not called a mind of work like nobody says i'm here to build a mind of work people say this is my body of work Mm -hmm. why because it's lived through me so yeah, that yeah. was another really interesting thing that came in my head. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love that. That's like, honestly, the last year of my life and business has been so focused around that of just like, like moving away from how do I share what I've intellectualized to yeah. how do I draw upon my beingness, my state of yeah. embodiment and Integrity, like I said, has always been such a fundamental tenet of my business and even more so in the last like couple of years where like I will not teach on anything. I will not share on anything until I have had enough lived experience with it that it feels so in integrity for me to share because I know it. It's intimate. It's in my body in a way that has completely transcended the intellect and it just it pours from me without yeah. even trying and i think when when you can connect to that part of yourself especially if you're an entrepreneur a creator an artist a mother somebody who's giving of themselves mm-hmm. if you can connect with the part of you that has moved through initiations and the part of you that's the most embodied and anchored that's when you start to access all of the things that don't require validation. They don't require proving. They don't require trying. There's no need to push or force or um, there's no desperation. It just, it just is. And it pours out so generously and there is nothing that you need to do, but it's also what's going to connect with people in such a beautiful and powerful way because integrity speaks to integrity and it calls people to their best and it calls people to the most embodied and exalted version of themselves as well and to meet you in in their leadership yes I love all of that so much (laughs) and I always say it's like it gets to be as simple as like you live the truth of what it is and Mm -hmm. the sharing the work is like you tell the truth yeah. Like there's no extra mind thinking energy. And I didn't understand that before where like all the intellectualizing would take up so much energy because you're trying to be like, how do I say this? How do I make mm-hmm. it sound good? How do I get you to get this about me and about that? But it's like, if you just live the truth of it and you tell the truth as it is, and of course you get to get creative in the expression and how you want to present it. But it's like, it's so simple. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like when you get there, you're just like, what was I doing? Why was this? I making like, it so complicated? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You live in integrity with your work. And it's like, again, like, this is, I think, the the beautiful 
gift and the fruit of the healing process is because you realize that when you're constantly in growth, even if you're, you haven't mastered something yet, that means nothing about you and your capability because you're always going to be in the process of mastering something. So you focus on what you have already mastered or what you feel embodied in and you, you tell the truth of that. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I know. I haven't done this yet. So I'm not going to talk about this yet. But I'm going to talk about this. And as I talk about this and get really good at this, you're likely in the process of mastering this already. And then yeah. like three months down the road, six months, a year, you're like, oh, I can talk about this now because I feel good in this. And then there's something else that I'm also mastering. It's like just, it's a journey. Compounds, yeah. It's compounds, yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like, you continue to grow, you continue to expand, you get better, you learn new things. But along the journey, if you just keep on telling the truth of what is, it's effortless. And that's why like, I I tell people too, like when they're like, Oh, like, how do you do so many things? And like, how do you teach on different topics? And I want to do that. And it's like, focus on living that in your life first. Because when Mm -hmm. you live that, you live self love, you live multidimensional branding, you live like, being masterful at navigating your emotions, then you get to teach and share and do all of that because it's you, you hold all of that inside. Um, Yeah. And that's so beautiful because I think that um, in the past, like the way that we've seen business is I think very narrow. It's like, well, you can only do one thing. You can only have this niche Niche and that. I think that's, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but that, I think that, oh, this is actually really good and true as it's dropping in. It's like, that was also (laughs) just a reflection of our level of consciousness of the past. Our level of consciousness in the past was very (laughs) one-dimensional. Exactly. Right? But as we expand our nervous system, nervous systems become bigger. The remembrance of infinite becomes bigger. Of course, your business could be so much more than one thing. Mm -hmm. You are the extension. It it is the extension of you. You expand your capacity. Its capacity expands. It's like very simple. So yeah, it's beautiful. As we raise our consciousness, we heal, we grow ourselves. Like, what we get to bring and birth into the world is just, again, infinite and limitless. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I like, I'm yeah. sure you've related to this as well, where like, you can be in this like process of healing and you at the beginning stages are approaching healing in this like almost detective way you're like seeking something else to fix something else to do something else to address and although that can work for a period of time especially as you're like excavating really deeply rooted parts of yourself and that can be a really beautiful season to experience one of the things that has been revealed through years and years of just life is like I don't have to look for my initiations I just have to be available to receive reality as it is Mm, because reality is always going to be presenting you with initiations, with moments that are cultivating some part of you into wholeness, right? And like Mm -hmm. we're always going to be orienting ourselves to more of ourselves and to more of our blueprint and to more of our mission and rather than getting consumed by the process of seeking out what you need or externalizing the process of inner guidance, mm-hmm. just be available and present to life. Because like you were saying, like life is going to life on life's terms. And those yeah. terms are what's going to introduce you to the next facet of your path, whether that's marketing experience, whether that's interpersonal experience, relational, 
wellness of your own body, um, you're always going to be meeting a part yeah. of yourself that's meant to be in the forefront of your consciousness. So presence, yeah. presence and intentionality yeah. with reality has been a key. Exactly. <laughs> Allowing and surrendering to it too. When yeah. it comes, you're like, all right, take me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Um, so it looks like we've gone a little bit over an hour, which is exciting. <laughs> I feel like we could go for a whole other while. We've got lots of rabbit holes that we could jump down. Um, but I want to honor our time. So if there's anything that you feel like you want to add or share to feel complete, um, you can go ahead and do so. And if that's all, if you already do feel complete, um, I would love to invite you to just share with the community, how they can get in your world because it is magical. Yes. Um, yeah, give me a moment. Let me just tune in to see if there's yes. anything else. Yeah, okay. There, there is one piece that is dropping through, kind of like building upon what you just said there too around, you know, that temptation to constantly seek, to mm -hmm. look at what to fix, what still needs to be better. It's like when that happens, can we honor the beauty of our humanity and also at the same time, remember that it gets to be so much simpler when we focus on the bigger picture. Yeah. The bigger picture is once we learn to embrace unconditional self-love. And if we make our devotion instead of fixing what's wrong or identifying the fear or the limiting belief, when we make the focus and the devotion, how can I deepen my experience of unconditional love for myself first mm -hmm. and therefore my unconditional love for the world, for people around me, for life in and of itself? your fears, your limiting beliefs, your challenges, your resistance becomes irrelevant because yeah. the love accepts all of it. Mm -hmm. So this is what I found to be so life-changing because I used to be like that too, where it's like, oh, there's another fear. Oh gosh, I thought I was over, but wait, there's <laughs> I better poke it. another one. <laughs> yeah. I better poke it. Yeah. It's like, oh no, I thought I was done, but I am not. And it's like, you, we can do that forever. Like yeah. you could actually do that forever, but it doesn't actually matter because our humanity is not about getting rid of everything. Our humanity is about embracing everything that makes us human. The fears, the doubts, the things that we have experienced, like th this is all a part of our humanity. So what's an easier path, if you will, is just devoting to that unconditional love, devoting to what that experience of love is in every moment with yourself first and then with your life and with people in your life. It's like that will just bring you so much more ease. It'll allow you to, again, expand the capacity to hold multiple things rather than feeling like, oh, if I have fear, then I can't be happy. Yeah. If I have fear, then I can't feel loved. If I'm sad, then I can't do this. It's like if you can anchor into the context of unconditional love, you get to hold it all. And that is what in my experience, my lived experience has allowed me to move through life with so much peace, even when it's chaotic. Even when life is, I always say, like the metaphorical <laughs> life is just chucking lemons left and right. It's like, what are you going to make with this? What are you going to make with this? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a certain peace that comes with that when you love all of it. Yeah, You're not fighting it. You're not resisting it. So yeah, that's the final piece that wanted to come through. And where you can find me, you can find me on Instagram at PSMLA, um, over on Facebook at the Truth Alchemy Collective as well. So I'm very active, mostly on Instagram and then also within my Facebook group. And yeah, you can go on my website, psmla.com. That's where the truth of magic happens. And yeah, so many exciting things are unfolding in the coming months, like already in progress. So Instagram would be the best way to connect. Yes. And I will make sure everything is linked in the show notes. Um, thank yes. you for that absolute mic drop of a share. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and thank you so much for being here. I'm just so excited to be able to share you with the unedited community. You, this has been a long time coming. I feel like after yes, eight years, so we're due. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I hope you have a beautiful day and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I don't know about you, but my heart is so full after this conversation and I'm just so excited to get to share Ella with you uh, on the Unedited Podcast. If you loved this episode as much as I did, I would love for you to share your thoughts, leave a comment, share the episode with your community. And of course, if you're loving Unedited as a whole, rating and reviewing the podcast is always appreciated and always helpful. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform so you can stay up to date. I know we took a little bit of a hiatus at the end of the summer, but you can look forward to some upcoming conversations to close out this season and this end of the year on Unedited. And of course, if you want to get connected with myself or Ella, you can find us both on Instagram. She is at PSIMElla or myself, I am Kelsey Lauren, and we look forward to connecting with you and I'll see you on the next episode.